Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. We have been in this four-week series called Amazing Grace, all about uh, the grace of God in our life and the grace of God showing up in our lives. Last week, uh, we talked about giving grace to those who've hurt you. Uh, If you did not uh, catch that message, I'd encourage you to catch up there. We talked about how to handle people who've mishandled you. Have you ever been mishandled? Have there been people who let you down? Have there been people who didn't meet your expectation? Have there been people who've hurt you? Have there been people who didn't do what you thought that they should do when you thought they should or how you thought they should? And how do you give grace? Grace is the thing I need the most. It's the thing I struggle giving the most. But uh, I hope last week it helped you. Uh, forgive and walk in forgiveness and walk in grace. If uh, if you miss one of these messages, why don't you jump into that? I have a very simple message for you today, uh, not because uh, God's Word is simple, because I'm simple. So I'm going to give you a simple message today. I want to land this series on Palm Sunday. If I gave this uh, message a title for your notes, because I know you're note takers, because all spiritual Holy Ghost filled people are note takers uh, I want you to I want you to call this uh, message uh, the grace that reaches out. The grace that reaches out. You know, grace is a strange thing. Uh, honestly, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to the human mind. Uh, a lot of times, I try to make God make sense to me. Am I the only one, or do you do that? I try to make God make sense to me, and then when it doesn't make sense to me, I go to God like. God is an infinite and all-knowing already, and I tell him, God, this doesn't make any sense. Now, so far, uh, God hasn't changed his mind based on my disapproval of whatever it is he does. But I still tell him, God, this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why uh, this is what it is. Grace is one of those things. Have you ever seen God uh, bless people that you think he shouldn't bless? Are you all more spiritual than that? Just me and the guy in the back? No. There's been a lot of people in my life, I, I, not y'all, but in the, in the other services, people, I'm like, God, why? Why them? God, you know, I know what they do. I'm, God, don't you, haven't you heard what they said? And grace is strange. It, it doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't, doesn't add up. Two plus two isn't four in God's economy. It just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense why God would choose who he would choose. It doesn't make sense why God would use the people he would Use. It doesn't make sense why God would bless certain people. And uh, uh, when I look at the Bible, I think, God, there are times in the Bible when I see grace on display and I don't really understand why uh, it happens like it is. It's a strange thing. Take, for instance, in the Gospel of Mark, uh, uh, Jesus is watching the offering basket go by and he's seeing who's putting in what. We don't do that because y'all would freak out if I stood by the offering basket. But Jesus did and stood, by, stood right by the offering container and, and, and was watching who put what in. And there's this little old lady, this widow woman, who puts in this small amount. This, it really amounts to just pennies. She puts in this offering container. And Jesus says, I'm telling you, this, this poor widow put into the treasury more than all the others. Well... There's some disciples standing by, some teachers standing by, some Pharisees standing by, and they're just thinking, man, in terms of strict mathematics, like 2 plus 2 equaling 4, that wasn't a lot of money. And I'm not quite sure how you're saying she gave 
more than everybody else. But listen to me, in God's economy, it doesn't ever have to add up to you. By the way, you're a recipient sometimes of grace that doesn't make sense to everybody else. Has God ever rescued you when you didn't deserve it? Has God ever blessed you when you know you didn't deserve it, anybody but me? And so here's this woman, and it doesn't make sense, and I don't understand, and why God? Why would she be the one? Why, why did she give? But in God's economy, it makes perfect sense that the posture of your heart is more important than the amount of the dollar in, in the offering. Why, why would God choose Jacob, uh, the liar? His name literally meant the supplanter, the liar, the heel grabber. Why would he choose... Jacob for the lineage of the Messiah instead of Esau. Esau was faithful. Esau was a hard worker. Why would grace choose Jacob? Why would God give supernatural strength to Samson? Samson had a woman problem. Looking straight ahead, just in case you think I'm talking about you. Samson could not control himself with women. Samson's tender profile was bad. Samson was messing up. Are you with me, everybody? He didn't find Delilah at a Bible study. Samson was fishing at the club. Come on, somebody. An old girl wanted his hair and his strength. Why would God supernaturally give grace to Samson? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up. Why, why would God choose this runt of a boy of all of the sons of Jesse? Samuel literally goes through all of the boys, the tallest to the shortest, the best looking to the least uh, 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 attractive, the strongest to the weakest. Why in the world? Samuel gets to the very end of all the boys of Jesse and he says, don't you have any other boys? Why would Grace still choose somebody else like David over his more gifted brothers? Why would God give Solomon the wisdom of the ages when you know that Solomon is going to be a moral Mess. Solomon has 900 women. Nobody is sane with 900 women. Nobody has 600 wives and 300 concubines and in their right mind. And all the men said, Amen. Nobody can do that and be normal. Why would God, don't clap, that you got to go home with that woman. Why, why would. Why would God give him this moral mess of a man and God gives him supernatural wisdom of the ages? Grace doesn't make any sense at all. Why would God throw a party? Why would the father throw a party in the whole town for a prodigal son who the, the son who took what was owed to him and he, and, he, and he wasted it. Why would God throw a party when you have a good son, a loyal son, a son who never left home? Why would grace choose who grace choose? I want you to write this in your notes. I got three simple points because that's what you expect. So I'm going to give you the first one. Write it down just like this. Grace doesn't ask permission. It just reaches. Grace doesn't ask popular opinion. Grace just reaches who it reaches. Grace doesn't take a poll and think, I wonder who y'all would choose. I wonder who you would like. I know we like options. I know in Western Christianity we like to pick. I like this church. I like that church. I like this. I like that. I like, I like to pick and choose. I like to customize. We are in a customizing generation. I like to have it my way, right away. I like it just like this. And sometimes we get frustrated 
at God because grace doesn't ask your opinion. It just reaches for the people that it reaches for. It anoints who it anoints. It blesses who it blesses. And God chose you and didn't ask anybody else permission to choose you. I'm grateful God didn't ask all the people around me, what do you think about Mitch? What do you think about his potential? What do you think about where he's at? How do you think he's going to do? No, Grace doesn't ask permission to save anybody, reach anybody, help anybody, bless anybody. Grace just reaches for who it reaches for. And thank God for grace in my life. Say amen to that. Doesn't ask permission. Just reaches. Just reaches. Doesn't, doesn't take a popularity poll. What do you think about this? If I wasn't in ministry, I would most likely be in politics. I tell you that sometimes. I, I'm a political junkie. I enjoy it. I'd probably work for a campaign, managing campaigns or writing speeches if I wasn't in ministry. And, and there's sometimes when we think, uh, 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 you know, in, in, in politics, they'll have a they'll have a poll. And that, how's this idea going? How well, what do people think about this? What is suburban moms? How do they vote about this? What, 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 what is it that working class blue collar men? How do they feel about this issue? God didn't poll anybody when he chose you. God didn't ask your family or your family tree. God didn't go to your parents. He didn't go to the divorce. He didn't go to the ex-wife. He didn't go to the mess up. He didn't find the abortion he didn't say this was what disqualifies them grace just reached for you right where you were thank God grace doesn't ask anybody's opinion or Samson wouldn't be here David wouldn't be here Ruth wouldn't be here Jacob wouldn't be here thank God that little widow woman said this is what I got and grace said that's enough for me grace doesn't ask permission it just reaches for who it reaches maybe the most recognizable story about reaching others is in the New Testament. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke, the 15th chapter. Luke 15 is known as the lost chapter. It's uh, all about lost things. And as we enter Holy Week and this week leading up to Easter, I just I have to give you a simple message about reaching for lost things. I want to give you a message. I've taught you now for the last three weeks about grace reaching for you. Now I want you to reach for somebody with grace. Now I want you to take the next seven days over Easter, somebody who's broken, somebody who's lost. Now I'm going to give you the point. Now this is a bad thing because I'm giving you the end of the message now and you could fall asleep over the next 20 minutes. And that would be my fault, not your fault. But I'm giving you the point is this. Over the next seven days, you can't just hold on to all this grace that God's given you. You've got to reach somebody with it. You got to you got to have that same grace where you're reaching somebody who's far from God. This is always going to be a church that reaches for the next one. Say amen to that. We are never going to be satisfied with well this is good and we're enough and no heaven and hell are too serious and their realities. This is not enough. We got to keep reaching for people. Say amen to that. So Luke 15 is the lost chapter if uh, if you were to read it I would love for you to do that in your devotion this week. There are three different Parables. We don't know if they're actual stories or not. Often in the New Testament, Jesus would tell a story as though it had just happened. Maybe it did, or maybe he was using an illustration. The parables were of a, a, a lost a coin. It starts with a lost sheep, and then a lost coin, and then a lost 
son. Uh, uh, it's, it's the story. Uh, honestly, instead of the lost chapter, I think Luke 15 is the grace chapter of the Bible. Uh, the book of Romans is typically known as the book of grace in, in, the, in the Bible. But I think if there's a chapter in the Gospels, this is the chapter. This is where God uh, shows His hand. If you want to know what gets God's attention, it's lost things. Say amen to that. You want to know what Jesus is most distracted by? It's lost people. You want to know what gets God's most... You, you want to know on your prayer list. You ever wondered, God, which one of these could you do? You know, Which one of these are you really interested in? Here's all my laundry list. God, I need a new house. I need a new car. I need a new husband. I need a new. <laughs> I'll just see if y'all's awake. I need an. I need a new. I need new kids. I need more money. I need all of this. God, but and God touched my son. He's far from God. You want to know which one God? When God really perks up. Now I'm not telling you God doesn't listen to all your requests. Let me tell you where God perks up is where you go. God, my son is lost and needs to be found. And God goes wait 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 wait. God, all of heaven, the, the Bible that comes to this hush when God says hey whoa 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 whoa. Now they're praying my agenda now. Now, when you pray, God's will come in the earth. Lord, I want your will in my life. I, I want it on earth as it is in heaven. That If you'll start praying for lost people, and then you just throw in, God, my son's lost, my husband's lost, and oh, by the way, I need a new job. You may, you may find out God goes, I'll throw in the new job because you're focused on what I'm focused on. God's distracted by lost things. And I want to teach you this week how to reach for lost People. Luke 15, verse 1. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Whatever translation you have, you can follow along. The Bible says tax collectors and other notorious sinners. I think that's fantastic how he puts the IRS with other notorious sinners. I think that's so good. He didn't really mean the IRS. Very different than the IRS. Matter of fact, one of, uh, uh, one, one of our team members' uh, family works for the IRS. Not, not the same. Uh, my tax accountant, if you're watching today, not the same. I didn't mean that about you. But uh, 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 tax collectors in the day, they were Jewish, uh, most of the time Jewish men who uh, under an occupied Judea. So Rome is occupying Judea at the time. And tax collectors were Jewish men who had decided to conspire with Rome to extort their Jewish brothers and sisters. In other words, uh, the Romans... Uh, they could excise as much tax as they could, but when, a, when there would be a Jewish person as a tax collector, they felt like we could get more, and then he would take a cut before he gives it to Rome. It was really this terrible system of extortion and oppression. And so tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. I love that Jesus didn't have a church full of religious people that had all their notes together, that had it all figured out, that came from two or three Bible studies and knew Greek and Hebrew. Jesus had a hodgepodge full of sinners. Come on, somebody. And if you don't like a church where people don't look like you or vote like you or act like you or talk like you, this is going to be a very tough church for you to belong to because this church is the kind of church that I want Jesus to go, yeah, 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 that, I remember people like that used to come hear me teach as well. Verse 2, this made the Pharisees, I'm not calling you a Pharisee, but this made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people. And then I love this last part because Jesus is, I like to think this is where I'm most like Christ. I don't want to brag, but I'm most like Christ in this, that Jesus would eat with a bunch of people. 
And I love that the biggest complaint they had against him was Jesus even eats with sinners. I love that. I love, I love that Jesus and cheeseburgers and sinners all went together. Come on, somebody. I love that. Notorious sinners. Tax collectors and notorious. Notorious is funny to me. The only notorious I know is Biggie Smalls, but that's, that's different. Notorious sinners are people who are... Biggie, are you with me, everybody? Uh, notorious sinners are people who are good at it. Were anybody, any of y'all good at it? Would you just be honest and say, no, I was real good at sinning. Like, I was real good. Like, I was notorious. Su- Susie said, I was, I was good at it. I, I had a reputation for it. I wasn't just bad. I was good at being bad. Come on, somebody. Like, I, I, I enjoyed what I was doing. I was good at what I was doing. And Jesus hangs around these people who don't sin secretly. They're sinning openly. They're notorious for, oh my gosh, here comes so-and-so. You know them. They're notorious to be sinners. Be careful around so-and-so. His mouth is to cusses like a sailor. Be careful around them. She's notorious for, you know, just be careful, you know. Tax collectors are there. Be careful. They're extortionists. Just be careful. I'm not, I'm not looking at you this week, IRS, but I mean, I'm there. just be careful around. Just be careful. And I got to tell you again, the priority of the ministry of Jesus is the lost. If you want to see the heart of Jesus, it's Luke 15 and it's the lost. It's grace that is reaching for people and searching for people and sweeping the house and running for people. Listen to me. And religious people hate it and sinners are attracted to it. Religious people hate it. Religious people like other religious people. Religious people like to talk religious talk. Religious people like to have secret religious handshakes. Religious people like everybody that looks like me and votes like me and is in my, uh, 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 my social economic level. They're my same race. They come from my same background. They come from my same family origin. Those are what religious people like. And sinners are attracted to grace and religious people are repelled. I can't believe that you'd let those people sing. I can't believe you'd put that person at the front door. I cannot believe those kind of people are here. Listen, let me pause here and tell you what kind of church this is. This is the kind of church for people like me and people like you who have messed up. We're notorious for it. I'm always struggling. I know I have problems, but grace reaches for people just like me. It doesn't ask your permission. It didn't ask the board of directors of our church. It didn't ask the denomination. It just reached for who it reaches. Doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter how they got there. When you meet lost people in your life, it doesn't matter. How did you get so messed up? It doesn't matter. The sheep in Luke 15, he gets lost naturally. The coin in Luke 15 gets lost accidentally. And the son in Luke 15 gets lost willfully. It doesn't matter whether you meant to do it, whether you were raised wrong. It doesn't matter if it happened to you. Grace reaches for you. It doesn't matter how you got to where you got to. I just want to remind you, you didn't always have a white picket fence and three bedrooms and three mills and two nice SUVs. You didn't always have it all together. Grace found you. It doesn't matter how you got where you got. Grace didn't ask permission to get you and it will not ask permission to use you to get somebody else. It just reaches for who it reaches for. So I got 15 minutes to preach. That was just the introduction. I got the rest of the message to give you. I want to focus on the prodigal son. 
I want to teach you how to reach for lost people this week. I want to teach you that leading up to Easter, there are people in your life who are lost, broken, messed up. Doesn't matter how they got there. Doesn't really matter. What well, well they, Pastor, you don't know they did it to themselves. We were riding in the car the other day, and we were near a, a major intersection in San Antonio, and there was a homeless man who's there. We go to this intersection a lot, mainly because Red Robin is close to it. Are you with me, everybody? And my son sees the same homeless person asking for money often. And if we have cash, and we most often do, we give them money every time. And I remember not long ago him asking, Dad, how did he get homeless? How did he get, how, how did he get, he doesn't understand. I don't, how did he get where he is? It was an opportunity for me to teach him. It doesn't matter how he got. Our job isn't to ask how they got in the mess. My job's to reach them in the mess. Your job's not to make excuses for how your son got there. It doesn't matter really how your husband got to this situation. It doesn't really matter. Maybe it was family. Maybe it was their choice. It doesn't matter. But they got where they got, and grace reaches for them. And there is a prodigal son. There are two boys, an older and a younger. The younger has probably always been a rebel anybody the baby in the family let me see y'all you're easy to spot too yeah you're easy to spot um he's the baby in the family and they probably have sisters the story just doesn't uh, highlight the women uh, because of cultural norms in the day and there's an older brother and a younger brother and the older brother has this responsibility and i gotta stay and i gotta help dad and we gotta build the farm and the younger brother you know the story he is wild and he thinks he wants out. There are times in my life when I think I, I know what's best and God lets me have what it is I ask for. And so he goes to his father and he says, Father, can I have my inheritance? The one that I'm supposed to wait till you die and it's supposed to go to my brother. He's supposed to get a double portion, but I'd like you to divide it evenly and let me have it now. And he does that. His father with a broken heart gives him his inheritance. He goes, the Bible said, to a faraway country and he spends it on wild living loses everything has no friends and famine hits the bible says the whole country we don't really know if it's the country he's gone to or the country that even his family lives in we don't really know but famine is there now he's at his lowest point it always happens to me that uh, i have a lot of friends when uh, the blessings are flowing but when the blessings dry up suddenly all the friends leave too you know, when you win the lottery, not that y'all play the lottery, but if you do, I appreciate you tithing. When you win the lottery, you got cousins you didn't even know about. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you got, you're like, I'm not, I don't think we're, oh, no, we're cousins. No, no, I remember your mama, Mary. I remember Mary. No, Aunt Mary was amazing. <laughs> you know, you, just, you got friends you didn't know you had. You got cousins you didn't know you had. And this happens to him. And, and, then, and then he gets to the lowest point, and famine is there, and. And God still reaches for him. Write down this second point. Grace doesn't care how bad it is. It just reaches. Grace doesn't ask permission. And grace doesn't care how bad it is. It just reaches for you. You, you, don't, you don't have to think, well, well uh, what are they going to think if I invite them to share? It doesn't matter. You don't have to ask permission. Uh, uh, it, you don't know how bad they've gotten. You don't know how far this is. It doesn't matter. Grace doesn't care how bad it's gotten. It just reaches. Verse 17 in Luke 15. When he finally came to his senses. Would you underline that sentence in your Bible? When he finally came to his senses. 
he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home. I will go home to my father, and I will say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Take me on as a hired servant. I didn't put this on the screen, but let me tell you this. Before you invite them, pray for them to come to their senses. Let me say it better this way. Nobody's going to come back to God till they first come to their senses. Your prayer for your lost loved one, your prayer for that coworker, your prayer for that neighbor that you're inviting this week, your prayer for that spouse that's far from God, your prayer for that grandchild that's walked away, your prayer for them, it doesn't need to start with, I'd love to have you at church. It needs to start with God, whatever you have to do for them to come to their senses. Because you and I couldn't come to God till we first came to our senses. Like there had to be a moment where we realized, oh, 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 this isn't working anymore. Oh, this isn't happening anymore. I had a conversation with Susie not long ago about someone, and, and, and she said, I'm, my pre-, we had a conversation about, I can't believe, like this, I want you to come to your senses about that. I want you to have a wake-up call to that. You need a sense of the presence of God in your life. Say amen to that. And the people who are lost in your life, they need a sense of the presence of God. They need to have a sense of the calling of God. They need to have a sense of the sin that they're in. They need to have a sense of the power of prayer in their life. They need to have the sense of the need that they have for Jesus in their life. So when you pray for lost people this week, when you ask God, God, who is it that I could bring hope to this Easter? God, where is it that grace could use me to reach somebody who's lost? God, where is it? If you're distracted by the lost, help me this week to be distracted. Where is it? I want you to pray, God, let, let them come to their senses, God. Let the presence of let them sense the presence of God, the calling of God on their life, the power of prayer in their life. And he comes to his senses in verse 20. So he returned home to his father. And while, this is the part I got to get to. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Let me pause here and tell you. Just I want to give you a heads up about next week. The reason why we have events like we have, the reason why there's Easter bunnies and Easter eggs and, and free stuff and we give away stuff and the reason why we have big days and the reason why our church is organized like it is, the reason why everything that we do is this. I, while, while they are a far away off, I want to know that we see them coming. I, the reason why we're spending almost a million dollars to build out uh, uh, our new uh, permanent home, the reason why we had to get permit, the reason why we're doing what we're, the reason why you're sowing generously into, the, the reason why we're getting permitted and building our first permanent home, it's not so we don't have to take down and, and, and set up. It's not so it can be easier on us. It's because I can see people who are coming. I can see revival coming to the hill country. I can see your, your family, your kids, your coworkers, your neighbors. I can see your grandchildren. I can see them coming. Afar- don't ever lose the fact that you can see people who are coming. Don't ever give up on I see them sitting beside me. I see them in church with me. I see us worshiping together. I see us holding hands. I know it's been a long time since your spouse has been to church, but I see us together in church and the Father sees them a long time coming and filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. Come play so I can close. Embraced him and kissed him. He ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. Now, the question I have often in this story is why would the father run? And I know there's a great song if you're into contemporary Christian music, old 90s, the best Christian music, honestly. 
the best music is the 90s. Come on, somebody. You know, and you hear about the father running. The song about how God ran. It doesn't really give you the answer. Like, why? Why? Why would you? And I've heard this preached all my life. I was raised in church, and I've heard, I've heard different ideas. And well, maybe he was just so excited, you know, he's waiting on the front porch. I like that. Maybe that was it. Maybe he's been waiting day after day in a rocking chair, just knowing today's going to be the day he comes. Today's the day he comes home. Today's the day that, that, that he comes back to God. And I, I'm waiting and I'm watching and I'm believing and I'm praying and I'm reaching. Maybe that's why. Maybe he runs because he's just overwhelmed with excitement that it's been so long. We don't know how long he's gone. Maybe it's been a decade and he just can't believe his eyes. And so he runs to his son. Maybe it's because I can't believe, is that, is that really you? you? You've changed and I can't believe this. And he runs to him. Maybe he's just so happy he just can't control his emotions and he, he's crying and he's blubbering and, he's just, and, and running's just a natural expression. I don't, know, I don't know if any of those are true. I'm going to give you my idea and then we'll pray. Is that okay? Here's what I think. In, in this day and time when Jesus is telling the parable, they don't live by themselves. Uh, uh, th- there's no house in the country. Uh, they're in a village. It, it took a whole village to be able to sustain life, you know. And even as nomads, they would travel in villages and they would set up new. But they have a field, they have a farm. I mean, they got a house here. So most likely, this is a son from a community, from a village. Watch it. And most likely, everybody in town knew what the youngest son had done. You, 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 you ever... Been in a small town when everybody knows your stuff, right? Everybody talks about this. Oh, you got to pray for them, man. Oh, you got to pray for. You know, his son just came home, took all his money. What? Yeah, his son just came. He's a, his youngest boy. You know, he, he's always, he's not been right. That's how people from small towns talk. Like they saw it coming, you know? I don't, I've always wondered about that little boy of theirs. Their oldest son's okay, but that little boy, something ain't right with him. He'd come to his daddy, you know, his daddy'd been working hard. He asked for money. Really? Yeah. He took half the inheritance. He took half? Yeah. He'd been gone. And if I ever see him again, I'm going to teach him a lesson. He better not show his face back in this town again. Broke his daddy's heart. Broke his mother's heart. His brother's out there working the field all by himself. Listen, I don't know this is true. I'm just telling you what I think. Most likely, there's a whole village of people who are saying, he better not come back here. He better not show his face back in town again. He better not show back up at church. I know what he's done. I know what they're in. I know how bad it's gotten for them. He bet, I, they better not. And his father sees him a long ways off. And the Bible said he runs to him. And I think when he runs to him, come here, Aaron, hurry, hurry, hurry. I think when he runs to him, I think he falls on him. Listen. And I think he says, hey, Keep your head down. 
You just walk with me. And he covers him. All the, oh, he's okay. He's with me. Who is that? Don't worry about it. He's with me. Don't worry about it. Is that your, no, 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 no. it's all right. He's with me. I got him. Is that your little boy? Is that, oh my God, he looks terrible. Don't worry about it. I got him. I can't believe he's back. I can't believe he would show his face here again. You don't worry about it. Daddy's got him. I can't believe he'd show back up at church. You don't worry about that. I can't believe he'd come back. I can't believe you'd, the audacity that you would come back and try to minister here. The audacity that God would cover you. The audacity that you would do. You don't worry. The father said, I'm going to run out there not to protect my reputation, but to cover him. Write it down like this. Grace covers you even when life exposes you. I think his father ran to say, hey, you got to get in here. The reason he put a new coat on him is so he could cover him. And when people walk into church next week, they don't need you pointing out. They need you covering. This has always got to be a church that covers sin. We got Not cover up, but cover people. I didn't say cover up. I said you got to cover people. You gotta cover people. Grace covers you when life exposes you. There's enough people pointing out what he did wrong. There's enough people in town who are gonna talk about him that night at the restaurant. There's enough people in town who are gonna say, I can't believe what they did. I can't believe how they left that church. I can't believe that she got pregnant. I can't believe that I saw him at the bar last night. I can't believe he's still doing that. I can't believe he's on his third marriage. I can't believe he's there. But grace doesn't expose you when life exposes all of your issues. Grace says, hey, come here. I'll cover you. I'll cover you. And his son said to him, verse 21, and his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer to be worthy that he called you a son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring their finest robe of the house, put it on him, get a ring for his finger, sandals on his feet, kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate a feast. For this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. Why? why? Why is Easter so important? Why is grace so important? It's important because it reached you, but it's important because it's got to reach others. You're not just returning to a church. There are people who left at COVID that haven't returned to church yet. You're not just returning to the gathering of the saints. That's important. But some of them are returning to life. Some of them are returning back to hope. Some of them are returning back to life again. To hope that God could really use them again. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. Who's counting on you to reach them with grace? Bow your heads and close your eyes. Who's counting on you? Who's counting on you to reach them with grace? Who's counting on you to cover them? It doesn't ask permission. It didn't ask permission to reach for you. It won't ask permission to reach for them. Who's counting on you? Don't look at how bad it's gotten. Don't look at how far they've gone from God. It doesn't matter. Grace reaches. It doesn't matter how bad it's gotten. Don't wait for others. This week I want you to run with grace. I want you to run with grace. If grace is so amazing, why would you hold it to yourself? If it's so amazing, Brandon, why would we keep this to ourselves? If grace is so amazing that it could reach for you and change me, why? Would I hold that in? Grace is so amazing. Let's share it. Let's reach. Father, I pray for everybody in the room today. I pray for people 
who need grace. Pray for people who need to give grace. I pray for people who need to reach somebody with grace. And here's what I want you to do. Here's how we're going to end today, and then we'll go on Palm Sunday. I want you to get that one person in your mind. You know who it is. There's a prodigal son for you. There's a lost coin in your life. There's a lost sheep in your life. There's a lost son. Could be a daughter. Could be a husband. Could be a, could be a wife. Could be a grandparent. Could be a neighbor. I had a neighbor last night. At 10 o'clock at night, I'm out in my cul-de-sac. I spent an hour with a lost neighbor far from God. Retired. Army. Just lost. No real reason. Doesn't really matter how he got there, honestly. I think God set it up because He knew I was preaching this to you today. I think God set it up for me to just reach for lost people. Come on, find that. Put it in your mind and say, God, help me this week. Help them to come to their senses. God, I pray for my neighbor that he comes to his senses. I pray even today while I preach this message, I pray reach into his home. God, he's there with his wife. I pray his son. I'm asking you to reach for him today and come to his senses and realize I can't do this without God. I can't do this without God in my life. I've been running long enough. I've been away long enough. God, let wake them up. Come on, pray that way. God, let them come to their senses. And help me this week to be the agent of grace. God, I spent the last month celebrating grace came to me. So help me to be grace to somebody else. Help me reach this week. God, help Easter season. Let this be, We're an Easter people. Help this be the season of reaching, the season of grace. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody shout amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord, everybody? Come on, give him praise for his word. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.